There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, Chris, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Yes. <laughs> Specifically in the bedroom. Do you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? I know you do. Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. Wow. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Because I know you like to seize an opportunity when you see it, Chris. Oh, Absolutely. If you can benefit from extra function and more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most, most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Doctor's visits are literally the worst. They're made in the U.S. of A., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners and Chris. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That is ARMCHAIR, B-L-U-E-CHU.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon's with the Jets. OBJ and Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. One thing that hasn't changed, though, where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Put in $100 and MyBookie will give you an extra $100 to gamble with. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil, the rebound. 
Kevin Ollie brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. Oh, 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 oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast, a special edition episode here today. My name is Chris Cook. I am your host. And on the satellite line here with me today, my co-host, Eric Hawk. Hawk, how's it going after this rough weekend that we've had? You know, it's definitely been rough. I, I think we should just start this whole thing by uh, setting the scene of when you called me because that's that's when the, my life changed forever. So, yeah, Saturday night um, I was laying in bed. I had plans to go to Chicago the next day, and so I was in bed pretty early, and I get a phone call from uh, our other co-host, Jake Light, who's been MIA here recently, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, two phones actually, and we'll explain that. Which phone did he call you on? Uh, he called me on his regular phone. Okay, okay, continue. And so, as you all know, we like to give Jake a lot of crap because he used to be a Colts fan. He might say he didn't, but he used to be a big Colts fan. Now he's a Browns fan. Uh, he left a couple. He left the fan base a couple years ago. So give him crap about that. Number one, number two, he calls me. Uh, from a bar, which he had told everybody, uh, all of our friends, that he wasn't going to go out. He was going to go to bed early because he was tired from his new job. Well, guess what? He went out Saturday night. And so he proceeds while he's in the middle of, you know, lying to me earlier in the day. He laughs in our ears or in my ear about bragging about the fact that Andrew Luck had retired. So I'm like, no way. Yeah, a complete dickhead move. I thought it was a joke at first, so I'm like, yeah, there's no way this can be true. I'm just going to hang up on you. And then he kept he kept pushing it, and I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. I'll get on Twitter, and I'll look. And lo and behold, I go onto Twitter. Adam Schefter had tweeted it out, and I just literally, that was the moment that I feel like I was watching a show with my wife, and like I just I couldn't focus on anything. I thought I was going to cry. It was just complete madness. And then I was like, I have to call Hawk and see how he's doing. I had figured it was Saturday night. You were probably out doing something as you most of the times are on the weekend so i figured it was a bad time to try to call you but i mean this is breaking news type of stuff and you gotta make that call so i don't know if you want to go into detail what you were doing but i'll kind of i'll explain what was what the uh, first part of how it started was i called you and uh you didn't answer which i wasn't surprised by a couple minutes later, I got a phone call back from you, and it was just noise in the background, so I'm assuming that you had butt-dialed me or something like that. I called you again after you butt-dialed me, and you ignored the phone call and did one of those things where it says, I'll get back to you soon, like the generic message that sends back. That had to all been in my pocket, because I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, and then so I just tried again, and then lo and behold, you answered the phone I told you I had to explain it to you like seven times. You didn't believe me. And then finally you just hung up on me and you went on Twitter and I got the text message that just, I just knew it had hit. You had said, you had said you were suicidal. Um, so 
uh, I'll let you now give dish your thoughts. What do you? Uh, what were your thoughts when I told you that? If you can remember, and uh, you know, have you calmed down any at all from that from that night? So the craziest thing. So I was supposed to go to the game with my dad originally, and then I got this invite like a week or so ago. This girl that you know from Chicago that I've known for a while to go to like on a little booze trolley through Chicago, and it sounded like a blast. Didn't have any other plans, so I just said, you know what, I'll skip this preseason game, and I'll just go up to Chicago, have a good time. I had to park like an hour away. I ended up walking like 20 miles. That's a whole other story, but <laughs> I get to this girl's place. We pregame a little bit. There's like – I'm like the only guy there for a while, so it, it's it, it starts off kind of strange, but, you know, I just end up just getting kind of drunk just to fit in. And then the trolley comes. The best part about the trolley comes, <laughs> she ordered – she like got a quote from one company – about a trolley and they sent a trolley and then she never like finalized that trolley company. So two trolleys were sitting there. So that was a whole big ordeal. Yeah. There's like 50, uh, not 50, probably like 25 people about ready to come to this trolley. And there's two, and it was a whole thing. We go to the first bar. We're just driving around Chicago, the Colts game's on. So I just sit there. I'm talking to people, watching the game, probably watch like probably the whole second quarter. Everything seemed fine. You know, I don't really, I was in the middle of getting drunk it's like okay, I saw some of the game. I feel I feel happy. I didn't miss my, you know the game in its entirety. Get back on the bus. The Trulies, the White Claws, they're flowing. I mean, I am absolutely <laughs> gone at this point. I'm just in a trolley. I have a sober driver on a trolley all night with a bunch of people that are hammered. And all of a sudden, we get off at this one place to get a picture of the Chicago skyline. And I just hear my phone ringing, and I just go to my pocket. It's you. I just answer. You tell me all this news. I am in complete shock. I just start screaming. Everyone was looking at me like I was an insane person. I get back on the trolley and I'm just dead silent looking at my phone. Like just a complete 180 of like the whole situation and night. And so that's where I was. You ruined my night, but you got to make that call. Like I yeah. got to know that. I got to get my tweets off. Like just everything in that moment. And here's the thing. My dad was there. He told me that. You know, there was probably just as many Bears fans as Colts fans, which doesn't even make a difference in this uh, scenario, I guess. But it's just, uh, I don't know. I guess we're just going to get into this now. Yeah, so um, I was pretty much – so that that was a story right there about how we had learned about it. Yeah, um, so an important story to know. Yeah, so that's the stuff that you guys didn't know. But so now the details that everybody knows about the retirement during the game. I believe it came out in the third quarter. Uh, the booze, the press conference, weird press conference right after when it was scheduled for Sunday at three o'clock. Everything that's happened about then, all public knowledge. So I'll let you just get into that. Uh, your complete thoughts on the whole situation, and then after that, we have some questions that we'll get to. But I just want to use this time as kind of a vent session here. I'll play like devil's advocate. I mean, I'm as pissed off as you are, but I'm gonna let you. I mean, one of us has got to be like good cop, bad cop here. So I'm gonna let you get it off of your chest here. However, you want to direct this conversation, uh, you just go for it, and I'll just chime in, and we'll go from there. See, I, th- I think if we would have done this yesterday, I would have had a little more uh, fierce reaction. I kind of hit the pitfalls yesterday of just getting real mad. I, I consumed all the content. I listened to Dockage Sunday, and I was just—it's probably the best best Dockage episode I've ever heard because I was just—I was just loving it, loving all the shit he was spewing. But I went back. I, I watched the press conferences because I didn't get to see him that night, and I—I I, I don't know if I should have because you know I felt a lot worse just seeing him being a person up there. 
you know, it just makes you think a little bit more deep about it. So I'm not going to be, I think, which is my good because it's more of a level-headed take. I'm not trying to, you know, sound any sirens or be on the totally, you know, screw Andrew Luck train by any means. But here's where I'll begin here. No matter what you tweet patronizing people in the stands that booed, I mean, the Colts fan base will always be known as the fan base that booed Andrew Luck. It might not be fair. I think we can uh, agree most rational people would not boo. People in the stands at the end of the preseason game three are not rational people by any means. Um, they love something so much. They just want to be there, be around it, be in the atmosphere. Root for you got root for guys to make the team on the on the back end of the roster. Uh, to say those people aren't true Colts fans doesn't really make any sense when you think about it. That's just factually uh, an incorrect false. Um, they may be idiots. But guess what? There are a lot of fucking dumb people in this world, a whole shitload of them, honestly, and no one's giving us the benefit of the doubt and analyzing who was in the stands. As a fan of the franchise, you know, I've always had a deep connection with this team. Just, you know, going to the game over the years for my dad. Me and my dad would always go, love it. You know, the Peyton Manning days were great. Uh, we became season ticket holders the year before Andrew Luck got drafted, so that year that Peyton was out the whole year. Terrible year to join, uh, but... You know, we got our seats upgraded right away the next season when Luck got drafted. So I've kind of always – I've been to every Andrew Luck home game probably since he's played, including mm-hmm. the, the postseason, if I had to guess. So, you know, I've always been involved in uh, – you know, my dad loves it. It's perfect father-son bonding. It's easy. You don't have to talk a lot, you know, so it's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and people love sports in so many different ways and for so many different reasons. But when on Thursday Reich says luck is making good progress and the week before a video emerges of him throwing before the Browns game, you don't lie to fans. I mean, the, in the press conference, they said they found out on Monday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, luck had been he'd been thinking about it for two weeks. Yeah. So he went out there. And he threw the ball against Cleveland, and, you know, all the media guys were there, and they posted it on Twitter. And, you know, it kind of blew up Twitter, like, okay, he looks good, he's going to be ready, he might miss week one at the worst, was was kind of the thinking that I at least thought. Yeah. I don't know if you were on that same boat. Yeah, and then I was. Got, yeah, and then you got Frank, you're telling Frank, I don't know if it was his decision or what, but telling the media that, that his progress is good, he's looking fine. Just don't, I mean, Kevin Bowen said it best on his podcast, just don't answer the fucking question, you know? Like, just move on. You say he's in rehab, just whatever. Just give us some bullshit answer you've been giving us all year. Uh, plain and simple, if, if you're a franchise quarterback... All right, so this is something I said when I was... I wrote I wrote this down. This is when I was a little more pissed off. So this might not be 100% what I believe. But plain and simple, if you're a franchise quarterback worried about the process of rehabbing and dealing with pain and playing a meaningless Pro Bowl game and then retire when you turn an ankle in the preseason, you might get booed. So <laughs> I think we can – what do you think about the booing? Because that kind of wraps up my yeah, booing. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i uh, on that with you. I don't think personally if I was there that I would be booing. But the thing I have noticed is two things here. Number one, people like to be – they like to wear capes on social media. They like to act like – their shit doesn't stink and morally in any situation they would do the right thing and that's absolutely not the case there's plenty of situations where people on twitter myself included yourself where you've been caught up in the moment and you've done something that you completely regret and so all these people criticizing on twitter saying that these people are assholes and i'm not saying that you know some of them aren't assholes but 
you just uh, the thing about social media is people like to ride on their high horse and act like you know I think they blew the situation out of proportion, but I mean I like I said I wouldn't have booed, but I can see why some people would, and let me tell you why is because and this is not Andrew Luck's fault whatsoever. It's because the news was broke in the third quarter of the preseason game. Yes. Everybody in the crowd is talking about their franchise quarterback who is on the sideline cheering for his team, and they're saying he's retiring. You, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm automatically, I mean, my heart dropped. I was, I was sad. I was pissed off. Um, I mean, just, I, I don't know what I would have done in that moment. I don't think I would have booed, like I said, but it's the third quarter of a preseason game and he's out there. It's, it's literally like the thing that you would think wouldn't happen. The one thing that you would predict wouldn't happen in that pr- meaningless preseason game was Andrew Luck retiring in the third freaking quarter. So, I mean, just imagine you go out on a date with a girl, with a girl you've been dating for, you know, seven or eight years and you get, you know, uh, three fourths of the way through dinner and she, and everything's going well. And she just says, you know what? I think I'm done here. I think, I think we're going to have to call this quits. I mean, just imagine how upset you would be in the moment. So the booing, yeah, it was dumb. It was stupid. And I'm sure 90% of the people who did it regret it by now. Um, but I just don't think that people should be coming at these booers as much as they are. But that again is the age we live in where everybody rides a high horse on social media. So is there, is there a franchise that if the same situation happened to fans, you don't think the fans would boo? Oh, the, I mean, absolutely. Every franchise would boo. imagine if Carson Wentz did that in Philadelphia, he would have yeah. been, he would have, he would have been <laughs> eaten alive. I mean, New York City, imagine uh, they don't have a quarterback with the Giants, but imagine if Darnold would do that. Oh, they would, they would, they would clap. Um, but yeah, yeah, with, uh, with the Jets, I mean, Darnold retires. Like, I mean, any quarterback in, it's not like, it's not like, it was just so out of the ordinary. I mean, it was just so random. Something that you thought. Timing was the worst part. Yeah. Two weeks before the season, had it been in like, you know, February or March, okay. Um, yeah. But two weeks before the season, during a game at that, you got to give, you if know. He this, if he announces his retirement when he told Ballard and them and Ursa, he just made, he told him Monday, tells him Tuesday, he's at that game Saturday, he gets a standing ovation when he leaves. He, people probably stay till the end. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. They just handled it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think. Who do you think? Who do you think leaked it? Because maybe they didn't handle it wrong. Because maybe that was Luck's decision. But who do you think leaked it? Because there's a theory that uh, Ursay leaked it, which I tend to like, not because I think it was a smart move, just because I think that might be the kind of person he is deep down, just like a maybe a spiteful in a way. But I, I don't have any uh, proof of that. But if Ursay leaked that to Schefter, but I mean, he they said he told Brissett on Friday, mm-hmm. and they told the other three guys. So, I don't know. What, what do you think? Who's your uh, theory uh, on So, we can obviously already mark off anybody from Andrew Luck's camp because they kept that secret for, what, two yeah, or three weeks? Agent. He's not going to tell shit. Yeah, so nobody from his camp told that. So, the news broke, what, Saturday night? So, I don't know. I think, oh, that's tough. I, I mean, I like the Ursay conspiracy theory. I don't think... I mean, maybe he was talking to, like, you know, Chuck Pagano before the game started, and he's like, hey, Chuck, I'm retiring, buddy. 
Connor just immediately <laughs> yeah. text Schefter. Just out of spite, he's like, I'm going to screw over the Colts that organization. Might, I, like, I like that one better, actually. So, yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Ursay, why he would have any reason to do that. Maybe just to embarrass Luck for it. But it was – I mean, I understand. And with that as well, I understand Adam Schefter has a job to do and he had to do that. But, my God, it's still it's still such a dick move. It really is. Still such right. a dick move. I got Andrew Luck. You know, I loved him. He Superman. He had the worst offensive line in the league for, you know, multiple seasons. And every time he got hit, he got up and gave a nod to whoever just hit him. I mean, the man was so insane, and he would literally thank someone for knocking his socks off. Mm-hmm. He loved, absolutely loved football. There's no doubt about it. So so my question is, what, what changed, you think? I mean, he missed the whole 27 season, 2017 season, comes back with one of the stronger lines we've ever had and has a career year. I mean, why now when things to be go- seem to be going the best he's ever had? Um, and, and this is what I've pieced together, but I'd like to hear what, what you think first. Yeah, I'm at a, a – first off, I'm at a complete loss of words because, you know, like you just said, coming off a year where the Colts really, I mean, they – over exceeded expectations by a lot. They started off what one and five. Yeah, things weren't going well, and then they ended up, I believe, finishing the season ten and six. Luck had a great year, and uh, they just got even better this off season. And then going into this year, uh, you have Super Bowl contender written next to your name uh, with Andrew Luck as your quarterback. So I mean, it just the timing of it made absolutely zero sense to me whatsoever especially with the injuries had in the past, the shoulder, the shoulder was obviously the biggest thing. And if he was going to retire at any point of his career, I feel like that would have been the way to do it. He would have just done it after 2017. But after having such a great season where he barely got hit, I don't even know. Do we even know where this injury came from? Like, I don't understand what it is. His last major surgery was two and a half years ago. And so this is what I think. I think he comes into the preseason practices you know, he looks fine, feeling okay. And then Ballard said something, actually, I just remember this. Ballard said something that he had done something to that ankle in 2018 and played through it a little bit. But they thought everything was fine. And they said this. This is why I mentioned the Pro Bowl earlier because they said this like four times in the, in, in the press conference. They were just talking about, he played in the Pro Bowl. We thought everything was good. So I, I think everyone thought that that was just nothing. And he comes into practices and he, he played like the first week of preseason camp and then he just mentioned that that, that that ankle pain or whatever it was had kind of come back. And they like – Ballard even said they got that kind of fixed and then it came and the calf started hurting them. And then the calf into like – I guess like back into the ankle. So he got medical expert opinion is what I heard and that he, the pain was going to linger into the season and he would have had to rehab, you know, constantly. So he didn't want another 2017 basically. So – he just he just said fuck it I'm retiring. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess that makes sense, but I mean I just I feel like we still haven't gotten gotten a clear cut answer of what's actually wrong with him. Um, I think I think they honestly I don't think they know either. I think yeah, they kind of got steam. They all acted like they got steamrolled by this on Monday. They didn't know how serious potentially it could be. I guess I, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I'm just like because even in his press conference retirement press conference. When he was asked about it, he still couldn't even really tell you what was wrong with him. Yeah. Um, and that leads me into a couple things, just conspiracy theory wise, that I want to run run across you, even though yeah, I don't. I got one as well. All right, do you want to do yours first? Because I have two in my head. Yeah, I'll do one real quick. Okay, so 
is your either of yours like the ticket selling conspiracy people are talking about? Yes, that's one of them. Yeah, so I really think he came into the year wanting to play this year out. I honestly believe that. Like, I, I, I think that'd be weird if he played in the Pro Bowl and like he's like, you know, I'm just gonna play in the Pro Bowl and shut it down after that. And then Ursay was like, well, how about you just come throw the first week of preseason, fake an injury, we'll sell a bunch of tickets, we'll let you keep your money, you go on your way, and and. Honestly, and the thing is, it makes sense to me why that would happen because, you know, they've done it before in 2017, but obviously he didn't retire. Maybe he didn't know that much he was actually going to retire. But I just can't believe that was the plan after that year last year. Yeah. You know, it makes no sense for a guy that loves football, like I said, that would just get his socks knocked off and just literally, like, high-five the guy, good hit, buddy. Like, what a what a psychopath. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So. I don't know. There's definitely something to the story everyone's missing, I think. I think that we can agree on that. Yeah, and that's a th- so that theory is, and Dockage, I believe, is the one who's been pushing it. I don't know if he necessarily believes it, but Dockage is just throwing out anything he can right now because he loves to be well, the... When you're mad, Dockage just, he fuels the rage. Yeah. Other than that, if you're if you're in a good mood, don't listen to Dockage because he's, he's 99% of the time an idiot. Anyway, um... Uh, so that was, yeah, they were saying that in March or something, he went to management and said he was going to retire. And then the whole thing was, well, we'll let you keep that $24 million bonus. We won't take that back if you just play through it, make it seem like you're going to play, and then you retire closer to the season. That way we can get ticket sales, yada, yada, yada. So I don't believe that, but that's the theory. That was one of them that I had. The second one I that I heard that don't, get any noise into this either because it's not true is since he has a kid on the way that the plan was he was wanting to be placed on IR or something so he could go and be with his wife during the birth I don't really know but he wanted he wanted to like go to Hawaii and be on the beach for like three or four months I don't really know I'm pretty sure I saw that she had like two or three months left so yeah, I mean, maybe he seems like a kind of guy that would, would do that kind of shit. Yeah. So ins- I don't blame him. Like, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Being there for your son's birth is probably pretty important. I don't have a son, but I don't know. That's just kind of a boring one to me. This is the ultimate competitor. You know, guys have kids in the season all the time. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that would be that hard to just, if you have to miss a game, the franchise would understand it the worst, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And then they were like saying that he would come out of retirement next year, but that's, that's just a bunch of baloney in my eyes. I, I don't know. Nobody knows what the real story is. Um, and I'm sure there'll be, so a... I, didn't, I thought there's no way he'd ever come back, but after watching all the press conferences, you know, Ursa seems to believe it. you know, he mentioned it several times. He's always, you know, he could come back and then Lux luck pretty much said, I don't know the future. So he didn't definitely put it for sure. Not on it. No. So, yeah. But, he would not say no. He would not say no. Say? He would not say no. He wouldn't say a, a firm no. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I think. And I mean, the guy's only twenty nine. So even if he took a year or two off, and so let me ask you that question: If that did become the case, where in a year or two, Luck does want to come back to the Colts, I know you're mad at him right now, as am I, and a lot of the fan base. Um, we understand that you know it's his life; he can do whatever he wants. So. Um, just like any of us in our jobs. But if he wanted to come back in a year or two, would you accept him back in the in a Colts uniform? It, uh, it's got to depend. I mean, if we play this year out with Brissett, we miss the playoffs, and then the big question mark is what do we do that offseason? Do we re-sign Brissett? Chad Kelly's an option, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's just one mishap away from, you know, really, 
I mean, being out of the league, he's already on such a short lease. I don't know. And then, or do you draft? And you, you'll probably have to trade up to get a guy that's decent or considered decent, or you're going to have to take a middle of the road guy and, you know, be below 500 the next couple of years. So I, it's in a, we're in a terrible spot, and that's why the fans were pissed, plain and simple. But if he wanted to come back and there was no other alternative, I think as a Colts fan, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's see if you still got it. I'd be willing to give him another shot for sure. All right. You got anything else to add here? Are you ready to go with some of these questions? All right. Well, one more thing. All right. Who do we blame? Because we gotta we got to blame someone. I blame uh, Ryan Grigson. Number one, Ryan Grigson. That's also for me. Number two, the Illuminati. <laughs> That's an um, interesting pick. I, the medical staff, you could maybe blame. Oh, I got one. I got one, too. Yeah. I blame Bob Kravitz. Really? Ever since Deflategate, the Colts luck has just went down the shitter. So, I mean. You're not, you're not wrong. I mean, we what? We went. The, I mean, I had a whole string of tweets about we went to the 2014. What was that? The 2014 NFC Championship game? Yes. Or I think I texted this year. And then we, we we had just four grueling years of missing the playoffs. And then last year was just came out of the clouds as a miracle season. So definitely contrib- contributes to why fans were pissed as well. Yeah, I think him, you know, he was part of the deflate gate thing. And we got our asses kicked in that AFC championship game. This is just karma for us. And look at that. Since then, the Patriots have won three Super Bowls. We've made the playoffs one time. And we just locked our, lost our franchise quarterback. I just think it's karma. I agree. I think that pretty much wraps it up for now. If you want to get into those mailbag questions. All right. Got some mailbag questions here. These are some questions sent all around the world here. I'll start with Steve from Brownsburg. It sounds like your typical white guy from the state of Indiana. Yep. Steven. He says, Hawk, longtime listener, big fan of the show. I think it was really terrible what the Colts fans did to luck by booing him. In fact, I think those fans should be banned from every uh, future game at Lucas Oil. What are your thoughts? Get off your high horse, Steve. You're probably a sack of shit anyway. <laughs> that, that's all you got to say to Steve? Well, I mean, we went over it to start. I think uh, fans have every right to boo. That's what they're there for. They are very passionate. If they didn't boo, they don't care. So, Steve, go, go fuck off. <laughs> By the way, speaking of booing, did you see the Paul George tweets? Uh, I, I think I saw at least one of them. Was there more than one? There was three. There was one that said, uh, if they boo you, they, they're not paying attention or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he... I can't remember, but pretty much what it stems from is he's still butthurt about when he comes to Indiana, he gets booed, and he's going to get booed right. in OKC this year because he's a snake. I can't wait to boo him. Yeah. All right, next up we have Tony from Anaheim. Tony says, Hawk, how's it going? Just dropping in to give you my two cents on the Luck situation and why I think you're wrong about this. Luck gave his heart and soul to this organization. He fought through injuries and he played in some big battles for us, defeating Peyton Manning twice, the Chiefs comeback game, etc. So I definitely think he needs to have his name in the ring of honor as soon as possible, maybe in the next couple of seasons. What are your thoughts? I mean, I, Bowen said it best on his podcast that Ursay wants to put everyone he can into the Ring of Honor. I mean, anybody that he can get up there, he's going to get up there. Luck will be in the Ring of Honor. There's no way in hell Andrew Luck will be a Hall of Famer. If you think that, he's never even received an MVP vote. So, like, there's, that's not even an argument. 
Um, what was the question again? I don't even remember. It was Just, stupid. He says that it should be ASAP that luck goes into the Ring of Honor. He didn't say anything about the Hall of Fame, but the Ring of Honor, he should have a ceremony here soon. Maybe. I could see that just because you save a little face, maybe because uh, you know a packed house, you know, maybe week eight or nine of this year, whatever that home game is, that we pack the house, Andrew Luck comes back for a Ring of Honor ceremony, and then uh, people go crazy. Maybe that would look good for like a PR, I don't know. How funny would it be, though, yeah. if they did do that and he just got booed? <laughs> <laughs> there would be a lot of Twitter... Twitter people pissed, but yeah. I think that would be the funniest shit ever. Alright, next up we have Pete from Denmark. Hawk, what's The country? Up? The state. Uh, the country. So I think he's an American in Denmark, because I don't think Pete, Pete is a Denmark name, but who knows. Hawk, what's up my guy? Listen here. There's only one man who can fix the situation right now for the Indianapolis Colts. Remember last time they lost their quarterback and they needed to upgrade that position? This man brought the Colts back to the promised land until he was wrongfully accused and the scapegoat for all the Colts' problems. Yes, Hawk, I'm talking about Ryan Grigson. Insane. (laughs) This can't be a real one. This guy wants Grigson back. He wants Grigson back. This guy's a fucking moron. Is Grigson still with the Browns? Um, I think he is. He's been like an advisor to a couple teams, so it might be the Browns now. Listen here. What's his name again? Pete from Denmark. Pete, did he tweet this at you? Uh, he emailed us. Tweet. Pete, take your phone, shove it up your ass, turn it on vibrate, and grab your house line and just call it multiple times. That was the worst question I've ever heard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next up, we have Jimmy from Buffalo. Uh, Jimmy says, Hawk is a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. I just wanted to tell you to suck it. We haven't had a quarterback in 30 years. Enjoy it now, sucker. <laughs> and that's, enjoy what? Just enjoy it, sucker. <laughs> you know, I always have, I, I've been to two Browns ga- or two uh, Buffalo games in Buffalo. I've always had a fun time with the Buffalo folks. So whatever this asshole's doing, you, you don't know my relationship with Buffalo. I have a strong relationship with those hardy people. So if you, you, maybe I'll be there then and I'll whoop your ass. How's that? <laughs> he just wants uh, he just wants you to have to endure the type of pain he's endured, I guess. Nobody wants that. Nobody <laughs> wants that. All right, last question here. It's Winston from Carmel. Uh, <laughs> Winston asks, Hawk, where do the Colts go from here? What are your predictions? Is Brissett the future? Are we Super Bowl bound? So he has like five questions there. He needs answers. Are we Super Bowl bound like when? Uh, I'm assuming this year. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. We're going to be middle of the road, 8-8 eight and eight at best. We're going to get our ass beat by Houston twice. I guarantee we lose to Tennessee week two. I just have a feeling. So 8-8 eight and eight at best, not going to get you anywhere. Is Brissett the future? I hope. I mean, Brissett could have an 8-8 eight and eight year, and we could still, like, maybe re-sign him. Yeah. Which I don't. But know if it's the right idea, but I mean, we'll see. He's got the whole, it's his to take. It doesn't sound like they're going to bring in anybody else. We put that Twitter poll up. Bridgewater won the majority, but you know, I, I think I'd still rather have Brissett just because he's been here for, for as long as he has knows a little of the offense better. I mean, Reich said today, they're not even, they're not changing the playbook at all. They're, they're completely comfortable with it. So we'll see. We got a good enough defense, good enough line. 
making the playoffs is a stretch. I mean, as a fan, I obviously hope we do, but I, I don't see it. I think Houston's too good. So here's the thing uh, for you. Could you see, and not this year, but the Colts are obviously improving their defense each year. Could you see this possibly being like a team that relies on their defense and offense takes – I mean, we're in a more of an offensive game now, obviously. Yeah, most teams win Super Bowl. Yeah. So, do you see like – maybe let's just look back to like, you know, the uh, Chicago Bears team that played us in the Super Bowl. Their defense was stacked. It was great. And they had Rex Grossman as quarterback who was god-awful. So could the Colts take yeah. that kind of approach now where they're like, we're just going to build up this defense and try to stop people and be average on the offensive side of the ball? So the Bears then and the Bears now are doing that. So that's yes. the formula from, from the start. That's like the worst way. I th- and defense wins football games. Everyone always says that, right? But generational quarterbacks win Super Bowls, and that's been proven. I mean, Tom Brady wins them all the time. Aaron Rodgers has won one. Drew Brees has won one. Peyton Manning, too. You know, Eli's, I wouldn't say he's a generational quarterback, so maybe that's more on the defense as well. But he had those unbelievable playoff runs. He played like a generational quarterback. And Nick Foles, I mean, to his credit, I mean, he had an amazing game in that Super Bowl. So, like, you got to have a quarterback that's able to do it when it counts. I don't think you need a generational guy. It's been proven recently. You just got to kind of have that perfect mix of offense, defense, because you got to be able to score. I feel like because those teams, even with non-generational type quarterbacks, they still scored a shit ton of points, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got there for the Andrew Luck situation, but I think you got some player profiles here next for us. Is that right? Well, how long have we been going? Um, I don't know the exact time, but it's a decent amount. I think we should just quit and do that maybe tomorrow and just release a different show maybe. Yeah, let's give the listeners more stuff. Because we've definitely gone like at least almost 40 minutes. Yeah, that's good. The listeners are always craving stuff from us, so. And we get more ads, red stuff. Yeah, you got to get the uh, the Blue Chew out there. You got to market, market the blue chew. So. Yep. All right. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast focused on Andrew Luck. And as you just heard Hawk say, next up on our list of episodes, player profiles, what positions are going to be covering in this week's episode? We got cornerbacks and we got uh, wide receivers. So the opposites. And the cornerbacks are exciting and the wide receivers are exciting too. It's a shame we lost our uh, franchise quarterback. Yep. Uh, well, that sounds great. Can't wait to uh, do that with you. And so you hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back here in a couple of days with the Colts player profiles. Have a great rest of your week, guys. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.